0: Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord in the midweek service. Amen. Amen. I can tell you that last night uh, uh, that VCA uh, had their orientation and the entire bottom floor uh, was covered with, with students as well as parents, caregivers, aunts and uncles, uh, even into the balcony. Uh, great things. This is a great season to be a part of the Victory Church family. How many of you will pray Uh, just uh, as our administrators, as our team launches into a new school year, uh, that God's favor, blessing will rest upon them, that God will give us an opportunity to be a part of these exciting days, to be able to pass along what we have, amen? What we have as followers of Christ to the generations that will follow. And we have a Christian school uh, that we're partnered with that's going to make an impact not only in this community, but how many of you know that there are world changers that are a part of ECA that are going to go out out into the communities and make a difference for the kingdom, amen? So be in prayer. It's a good season to be at Victory Church. I I don't know how many of you were able to be a part of the service two weeks ago, uh, and I had the the joy of being able to share uh, and speak, and really, uh, out of the the book of James, uh, the one idea, and that's what I want uh, to kind of convey tonight is just one more thing. Uh, Two weeks ago, it was to what? To to believe in God, right? The the best wisdom is godly wisdom. How many of you remember that? If you don't, if you weren't here, godly wisdom is the best decision. That was what we communicated over and over again uh, if you're online, of course, and you were not able to join us two weeks ago, we launched out of the book of James chapter 1. We're going to continue to follow that through in the book of James chapter 1 tonight. And the title of tonight's message, and continuing in that same vein, is start, Start Believing. I love that passage of Scripture that we had two weeks ago. Uh, Man, whenever James is writing that says, if you lack wisdom, all you have to do is ask for God and that God gives generously, amen? That God just gives generously. Uh, And in my mind, the image that I had is just to where we're able to extend our arms out, our hands out, and we're ready to receive from the Lord that he has something in store for us. I, I'm going to ask you to stand with me tonight one more time, and if we can, if you can, join me tonight, and let's just extend, extend our hands. Everyone, come on, this is exercise. I'm not going to overwork you tonight, but st- extend our hands, and we're saying we're ready to receive from the Lord. I don't know about you, but whenever there's something that has a value and that there's a weightiness to it, and we're wanting to to capture it, sometimes whenever God is in, in my mind, I'm just imagining him just dropping wisdom upon us and we're saying, man, God, I want to receive from you. Now, look at me for just a moment. That When we receive from God and things begin to get sideways on us, And we ask for the wisdom of God. We have a tendency, and I can speak from my own personal experience, that we ask for God, God give it to me. And then once he gives it to me, I release and watch it fall on its head. You may be seated. And that's the idea tonight that as we catch the wisdom, as we receive from God, And we're saying, God, please, in in my relationship, in my business, give me guidance. God, I'm ready to receive from you that we don't fall back into past behaviors or that we don't allow our eyes to be shifted off of the provider, the protector, the one that gives us life, but yet we believe that God is more than enough. Amen? I, I know that in my own life, that I have had those moments, those seasons where I've, I've had, had a struggle with trusting, trusting God. Uh, it, it could be even to where I've had a, a past experience with an individual that, that, that then led me to begin to doubt or begin to second guess that, man, am I really receiving information that I can rely upon, and I'm out, and I'm saying, God, give me, give me wisdom. And I've removed my hands, and I've let it just fall back to the ground, and I begin to doubt and begin to second guess. And this, this can happen even in in those moments that are not that spiritual. Uh, several years ago, uh, my dad and I, we try to get away at least once a year uh, to go and um, and to hunt. It's it's our only time that we hunt. We go once a year, and uh, we we kind of land in Valdosta and to get those last few items, especially at a sporting goods store. In this particular year, I had just uh, kind of upgraded to a new smartphone. Uh, how many iPhone users do we have in the house? Just kind of wave real quick. How many of Android, uh, Android, Android. So my dad has the iPhone, I have the Android, and we're having some fun back and forth. And I'm like, hey, dad, I'm sorry that you're using the iPhone. I've got the Android, the latest technology. It's the newest thing out on the market. And uh, matter of fact, dad, let me just use my phone to be able to get us to the destination because I know that my phone is reliable and if we use your phone there's a chance that we may be lost so let me and so we're having that back and forth back and forth and so I put the address uh, in the phone and we're heading into Valdosta and uh, lo and behold I'm telling him I said okay dad left here right here all right and the little teardrop shows up on the screen and I said okay dad it says that it's right right here And lo and behold, we kind of slow down. He looks at me. I look at him. And I think there's a picture on the screen that shows you the destination. (laughs) You can imagine the look that my father gave to me. And he says, son, let let me get my iPhone real quick. My iPhone will get us to where we're supposed to be. We we're a block away. He's never let me forget that moment. <laughs> but there have been those moments that are little, that's a fun example. But there have been those moments in my own life. And where I've said, man, God, I need to trust you. God, let me, let me receive from you. That little example has influenced me even up to this past week. We had the joy of traveling with some friends to Houston. And I can tell you that our youth did an amazing job. They represented you very well at nationals out in Houston. And so we had time to really take kind of an excursion real quick, a trip. We went from Houston out to Waco. Uh, And, of course, uh, Todd is driving, and he has the destination in his phone. Uh, We're in a, a new vehicle. It's a rental. And so we calculate and put the, uh, uh, the destination in the navigation system in the vehicle, and then in my mind, I'm playing this over and over. Okay, will we get there, and now I take my cell phone out, and I put the address, the destination, in my cell phone, and I even think that there was a fourth person that had the destination in their cell phone. Now, why is that? Why is that? That past experience of making my way to Valdosta to where I know that Todd's phone is reliable, I know that this late edition vehicle and the navigation system is reliable, but I still take the next step and taking my smartphone and putting it, and so we're we're covered. Do you know how confusing that is to whenever the voices are coming on top of one another left here, right here, continue on this highway, that highway? I got to imagine, man, there's confusion that comes in when we begin to doubt. Know that you probably have experienced that at some point in your own life as well to when you're saying, man, God, I need you. I need you to kind of guide me and direct me in my relationship. I need you to really kind of give me some pointers as I'm beginning to navigate my business and my company. God, I need you. And I love it once again to where God is looking down upon us and he's saying, I haven't forgotten about you. I knew that there would come a day that you would need some help in making sure that you trust me, that you trust the wisdom that I'm going to pass on to you, and I'm going to do that through the writers that can be found in the Bible. And so tonight, turn with me to James chapter 1. And let's begin to look at verse 6 and what James, again, is speaking to the early church. And he's saying, hey, if you, if you want wisdom, all you have to do is ask for it, that it shall be given. And there's no strings attached, and it's all of yours. And then James enters into verse 6, and what does he say? He says, but when he asked, how many of you know that whenever there is a but, that there is instruction, there is important information that is about to come, that James is signaling to those readers, to those people of the early church, listen, guys, you've asked for it. God's ready to give it to you. But when he asked, and he's waving the caution flag, and he's saying, listen, listen, guys. Man, he says, but when he asks, he must believe in what? And not doubt. Come on, together. He must believe in and not doubt. It's amazing how those past experiences, those moments that seem to be larger than life, hurtfulness that we've experienced in our relationships can kind of cloud what it is to really believe and to be able to trust God completely, be able to trust his wisdom completely. To where we say, okay, God, I've I've got one hand out. God, I pray that you would just lead and guide me and direct me. Because we allow ourselves to constantly be looking over our shoulder and saying, okay, God, I don't know that I can really allow myself to venture into a new relationship that you have ready for me because of past hurts. I'm thinking of a, uh, of a situation that took place decades ago with probably uh, one of the most um, uh, memorable presidents of the United States in 1986. President Ronald Reagan was getting ready to give a speech. Uh, and it, it, was, it was really connected to something that had just happened to where there was a treaty that he signed and that Mikhail Gorbachev signed and to where America and the Russians were coming together and trying to have some semblance of harmony between the two nations. And he's preparing this speech and his, his advisor is coaching him Susan Massey is speaking to him and saying, hey, I think that would be a good gesture, Mr. President, if we worked in a Russian proverb into this speech. Here's a list. Why don't you, Mr. President, look over this list of Russian proverbs and see if there's one that resonates with you, and let's incorporate that into your speech. Many of you have probably used this quote. I know that I have referenced this quote, and as a matter of fact, you guys probably remember it, and you know it, and it's trust, but what? Verify. Trust, but verify. Trust, but verify. As a matter of fact, in his speech, he, he gave that quote in Russian, and then he used that quote often over and over. Even today, politicians, you could probably turn on the nightly news, especially in the season that we're living in, and you'll hear that quote, trust, But verify. When you look at that quote, though, is that really trusting? Is that really saying I trust? I trust that you're going to sign this. But hey, we're going to do our best to make sure that we're verifying and that your follow through with the commitments that you're making will happen. We're going to trust, but uh, but verify. James is saying, "Listen, you have to believe." and not allow any, any doubt to come in when you're being led by God. He's communicating this to the early church, and James is speaking to us tonight. With wherever you're at, in whatever season of life that you're facing, he says, listen, he said, you need to trust and then trust some more. Trust and trust some more. Believe and believe the information. Trust God and trust his wisdom. Because God is leading you. And he continues on and he says, hey, he says, listen, if you're going to trust God, listen, he says, I'm going to tell you what you look like if you doubt. He says, here's what it is. He says, he who doubts is what? Is like a wave of the sea who is what? Blown and what? Tossed by the what? By the wind. He says, that's what you will look like. If you allow the debt to, allow doubt to seep into your life when you're trying to trust, trust God. I can imagine that as hes writing this to the early church, you have to remember the, the region that they're in, and they're scattered now in that region. but yet many of them probably are beginning to see the image of the Sea of Galilee. When he says he's talking about, man, you become a wave of the sea being blown and tossed by the wind. To know that the the Sea of Galilee sits about 680 feet below sea level. And that it's the highest point on the eastern side is about 2,000 feet above above the, the surface of the water. That as the cool, the cool air makes its way, funnels down the side of the hill, and rushes over the warm, the warm waters, it creates instantly, it's known on the Sea of Galilee, that instantly the winds begin to whip and the seas begin to toss back and forth. And so as they're reading this, they can say, Yes, I I understand what you're saying. I've as a matter of fact, I've been on that boat whenever those storms have occurred, and I know the water is crashing over. We've actually capsized in these torrential waters, the torrential rainfall, I know what you're talking about. And he said, you're just, when you doubt, you're just like one of those waves that's being blown back and forth. You're being blown away today. James's words is still relevant for us today and saying, hey, whenever you're facing life and those trials at the beginning of chapter one, he says, listen, you'll face trials of what? Many kinds. There are trials that are coming your way. And he's saying that whenever you ask for God to give you the wisdom, reach out, hold on, hold on with all that's within you and resist the temptation to doubt. Resist the temptation to release what God has in store for you. James continues to write. He said, for the man that doubts, he's what? He's double-minded. I think it's on the screen right here. The man should not think. He will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. On the count of three, let's read that together. One, two, three. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The passage of Scripture that we're reading tonight and that we're reading on the screen, it's not saying that God will ignore our prayers when we waver. It's saying that when we begin to have a lifestyle of where we're constantly saying, God, give me wisdom, and we release. God give me wisdom in my business, and then we walk away and we release. God, I'm believing in you tonight. I know that you can restore my marriage. I pray, God, now that you will give me wisdom and we release. I can tell you that that's an area, even within my own marriage, to where I'm saying, God, give me the wisdom to keep my mouth shut. God, let me hold on. God, let me just bury those words deep down and I'm holding on, and I'm holding on. How many of you are going to compete, keep praying for me that I keep holding on, and I keep holding on, and I don't release? I say, God. And He said, man, listen. James is saying, listen, don't live a life in doubt. Believe in God. Believe that God is with you through your trials, believe that God is with you whenever the opportunities come, that God will guide and direct you because here's the challenge. Here's here's what happens, that whenever we allow doubt to come in, when we allow that to seep into our life, We will not be able to recognize who God is. We will not be able to recognize the wisdom that God has for us. We could possibly see that individual walk right by us because we have constantly been playing the game of catch and release with God. And James is saying that is a dangerous place to live in. You have to believe and know that God is guiding you and that he's directing you to know that you're living in a culture that you're having to assimilate into. You may not have favor, but you have to trust God and believe God will see you through this trial. And he's saying the same thing to us tonight. Hold on. Begin to trust and believe God. What does that look like? When you think about just this message, man, start believing, trust God, trust his wisdom. I'm I'm just like, man, give give me one thing, one thing that I can do this week that will help me to be able to navigate that. I'm, I'm like, one thing, don't give me a list of five things to do. Don't give me a list of four things to do. Don't give me three, just give me one thing. I think there's one thing that we can do where we jot down on a piece of paper or we begin to, to journal. Believe and do not doubt. Believe and do not doubt. To write that down. And y- some of you may just fold your arms and say, Man, I'm a seasoned believer. Tim, you've got to have more for me. There's got to be more than just writing down on a piece of paper or just step on out there and get crazy and write it down on your bathroom mirror. Believe and do not doubt. I think that we can take that and that I think that God has that for us because if, if, if that's, if, here, here's what I'm gonna show you. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel and he's teaching them the greatest commandment, what to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And he continues on and he says, don't forget to do what? Don't forget to teach the generations that follow you to follow these same commandments, right? And then what does Moses say just the next verse down? He says, "Write it down on your doorpost. Write it down what? On symbols on your forearms. And then also man put it put it on just leather boxes that you would attach to your forehead." so that you'll remember and that you'll always have it with you. Now, I can tell you this, that if we're scheduled to have lunch together this week, and if you show up with a leather box attached to your forehead, we are not setting together. I can tell you that right now. But there's something about it that when we put it in front of us, and it's on the visor in our car, And we constantly believe this. Believe and do not doubt. To know that that moment, that next trial, that next difficult season is right around the corner. God, I know that I heard a message again on Wednesday night. Now let me do something about this message. Let me take one thing with me away from Wednesday night. Pastor Tim said, put it down on a piece of paper. Write it on my mirror in my bathroom. Believe. And do not doubt. That is the message that James is communicating to the early church. And it's a message that's relevant for tonight. Amen. That is something that we can take with us. I'm going to ask the worship band to come back. And they're going to lead us in a couple of uh, praise and worship songs. I just have to believe that if, if I embrace what I'm preaching tonight, that I can walk with confidence. To know that God is leading me and that God is guiding me. If I do what I'm asking you to do, to write it down, believe and do not doubt, I have to imagine that I'm going to walk with confidence. I'm going to believe that God has something great in store for me. I've got to believe and think tonight that if you do the same, As a business owner who's trusting God, who's trusting the wisdom from God, that as you manage your employees and you begin to teach them biblical principles within the office, and that it can be done, this is is information that works for the believer and the non believer to say, use wisdom that I think that if a business owner is living by this principle, I just have to believe that that's gonna be a successful business in our community. I just have to believe that if, if there are individuals, other business owners within the community and they're living by the same principle, that we'll be a stronger community for it. I have to believe that if there's a grandmother or a grandfather, that is incorporating what it means to really believe and to remove doubt to where they trust God and trust his wisdom that our families are better for it. Just today, I had an opportunity to sit with a young man. And it's amazing as you're, you're working through your messages, these, these events, these occurrences that just pop up and smack you in the face. And this young man is sitting there in my office. Just came onto the campus. Not a part of Victory Church family. Not a part of the school. But he begins to tell, my, tell me his story. And I know what I'm preaching about tonight. I'm saying, God, this is amazing. And I had that chance to begin to pour into that young man. And push him and direct him back to, well, what are your parents telling you and he tells me I said listen to me you're getting some good advice good wisdom from a mom that loves you I think your life will be better if you listen to mom how many of you think that your life will be better if you just simply trust God trust his wisdom amen that's the God that we serve stand with me tonight let's lift our hands and god i pray father tonight lord that we'll take this message father that we'll look for an opportunity to really own it and to embrace it lord god our 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 desire is for life change every day god we want to see maturity and development and growth take place. We want to become stronger. Father, we want to have those moments that we waver to be few, God, to be minimal. I pray, God, that we would begin to grow in our faith. Lord, let us, that if we claim to be a 10-year-old Christian, Lord, let us look and be mature like a 10-year-old Christian. I pray, Father, that 50-year-old Christian that's in the room, that they will embrace this message and that they'll look for an opportunity to pass that on to the generations that are behind them. I pray, God, that we'll look to you, Lord, that we'll believe and trust in who you are and trust the wisdom that you have for us. I pray, God, that you would speak to us now Guide us. If it's your heart's desire tonight, and you're saying, Tim, I need, I need some godly wisdom. Thank you for the message, and I'm going to come down in agreement. I'm going to let a brother or sister in Christ pray with me. Because there are some things, even from two weeks ago, that have come on the radar, and I need some godly wisdom. I need some godly direction. If that's you in the house, is Pastor Randy leads us in this course tonight. Make your way to the altar, and let's agree in prayer. Amen? Let's do that now.
1: I live for you tonight. I live for you, Lord, every breath that I take and every moment I'm awake. Come on, ask Him tonight. Have your way in me. Would you have your way? Tonight, Lord.
0: it all begins with a relationship with Christ. So if we can do this before we leave tonight, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you've walked into here, into the room tonight, you say, Tim, I have yet to give my heart and life to Christ, but I pray that you would believe me, remember me in this prayer. We believe that a simple prayer of asking for God to forgive you of your sins to make you a new creature in Him, that you recognize who He is. He is the Messiah, the Son of God, that you shall be saved. So let us pray that now. Father, come into my heart tonight. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new creature in you. Lord, let this be a new chapter in my life. I want to serve you the rest of the days of my life. Give me the strength and courage to do that. How many of you believe that with that prayer that someone is saved, that they are redeemed? Amen? It begins with a prayer where they're recognizing who God is. I pray now, Father, for every person in the room, blessing and favor upon them. I pray, God, that you would give us the strength to make it through the rest of the evening. I pray tomorrow that when we wake up, God, let us recognize that it is a new opportunity, Lord, to believe and to trust you Be with us now as we depart. Watch over us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you, and we'll see you again on Sunday.